0: On this week's episode of Marketing O'Clock.
1: We've got some important Twitter board news that you must hear to believe.
0: Twitter is spreading its wings with new ad formats for marketers. Good one. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Plus, all custom eyes are on Microsoft
2: in their latest update that makes RSAs Beta. <laughs> All on today's show.
1: Welcome, you are listening to Welcome. Marketing O'Clock. Just stay tuned. Digital marketing news, but let's get specific. Digital ads, SEO, and analytics, social media, and more. Two. Pretty much everything that'll make your website perform. New shows every Friday. Friday. We we'll give you the news with sass and puns, and definitely high tech. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you. Thank you. You know what time it is. Time is
2: it?
0: It's officially marketing o'clock. Marketing. Settle in, sit back, keep it locked. Hey there, I'm
2: Christine Zernhell, A.K.A. Shop. I'm Jess Bud, And I'm Greg Finn.
0: And it is officially Marketing O'Clock here on April 8th, 2022. Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining us for another episode. If you missed Last week, it was a really fun one, right, Greg?
1: It really was. We had Barry Schwartz come in the studio. We've been kind of working on this for a long time, but just with the current global environment, we had Mm -hmm. to reschedule a bunch of things, but Barry drove all the way up. It's like six hours. He came into the studio and recorded a bunch of interviews. We all got interviewed Mm -hmm. as well, so Mm -hmm. make sure to go follow Barry on YouTube, his YouTube channel, for some of those deeper dive interviews. It'll be really interesting. But it was just a great time, and it was really. I thought and it was great, really natural. We thought
0: it was great timing, of course. Oh,
1: that was bad timing. Because he
0: just happened to come the week of April 1st. We were like, this is great. We thought we were geniuses. <laughs> we <were like, laughs> it was pretty good. We're going to trick everybody and say that Barry's the new host.
1: And we didn't plan, like, hey, come up on April no, 1st no, or something. No, no. We're just like, oh, yeah. this coincides literally Friday with April 1st. But we, like, incepted ourselves in a way where we're like, all right, let's just do a funny joke of, like, Barry being the new host. But then people, when we shared on Twitter, it's like, it's April Fool's, Barry's not on the show. It's like, that wasn't the April Fool's joke. The <laughs> joke was that, like, I was out. Yeah. And so people are like, I don't believe this. And then Glenn Gabe's following up and he's like, got screenshots. So he's like, no, know Barry
2: was there. And I'm like, yeah. So you could dif- fake anything. Didn't really work that great. But yeah. It was super, super fun
0: to have him here. It was a great episode.
2: I thought so too. I would like to make a correction though. Um, he couldn't remember who the radio host with the animal segment was
1: I said it was Nicole you Nicole had said it was not her
2: It was me Furry Fun Facts was my segment <laughs> Sorry we didn't On know. my college radio Why show Why wasn't it on your resume What is that Why would I put that on my resume <laughs> What is the, what is the segment Furry Fun Facts I had this amazing audio intro that I need to dig up and find and I can't of just like barn sounds and whatever, and me super high-pitched, ladies and gentlemen, time for free fun facts. And I literally just read like facts about animals. The show was called The Third Wheel. It was myself, my now husband, and our best friend at the time, and I was the third wheel on the show. So-
1: You I'll, were the third wheel? Yeah, there's
2: just, a lot to unpack It was a here. great yes. romance, yeah. And anyway, let's, fact let's, check, no. it was me. Let's unpack this.
1: So you made the animal noises or you- No, po- I
2: found those, but okay. I was like the high-pitched voice, but then I just like looked up facts. It was the dumbest thing. Like who cares about these animal facts? Locked, that was my honestly, contribution clearly, your
0: audience did i don't
2: know if anyone listened
1: to us <laughs> it was like terrestrial
2: hearing. radio in college so
1: jessica lee budden
2: <laughs> gregory
1: i would request that we have furry fun facts at the end of the show all right
0: i'll, all right. I'll dig some right new before ones music up. we'll do very
1: yeah. fun facts and then our playlist and then end okay and then have our shoot and <laughs> after the shows over was, <laughs> this is what the people need
0: the animal is not <laughs> allowed to be a rodent Okay, and also it is April now, so our March Madness bracket is over. Did I win?
1: No. Did Jess win? No. Almost.
0: <laughs> Tell us who won.
1: Um, it was Adam.
0: <laughs> well, Matt won. Oh, Matt won. Matt, so our well. partner at Cypress North, won, and he would really like everyone to know who the real in- winner is him. Um, but obviously, <laughs> we're not going to give him a gift card. <laughs> so, Adam DeFrisco came in second place, and I heard he stayed up for the game. I hope he wasn't on the East Coast, like, worried because he knew Matt was in first place. Um, But, yeah, he didn't have any competition the whole time because Matt couldn't win. So I'm really happy for him.
1: (laughs) So congrats, Adam. And also, in case you missed it, we had an awesome marketing talk. They're back. It was about Performance Max. And Menachem Ani was on with Chris Ridley and Shep Zernheld. I know her. And we went through everything to do with Performance Max. So if you're in the paid side of things, don't miss that. It might have, you know, gotten put by the wayside, but we're going to be bringing back some more marketing and talks They might be a little different, recorded a longer form interview with Barry and are going to be posting that maybe next month. So look for that. And as we always do, I just want to note that everybody that participated in March Madness, we're going to have t-shirts. We've got new shirts that are coming out and everybody that participated, we donated a coffee to Anton Schulke over to help Ukraine. He's still doing that. You can donate as little as $5 and he helps to save a lot of the animals left behind over in the Ukraine. So I would ask you to please consider donating to that
0: and getting into the news here this week, Twitter has a new blog post. It starts like this. It says over the past few years, we've been working hard to simplify our ad suite, make our products more performant and measurable and give advertisers more options and new controls. I think there is a correlation and causation here of the show getting kind of big over the past few years. And we talk a lot of crap about Twitter ads. And I think they heard our prayers and they're trying to make it a little better. So here they have three new ad types that they're testing. It says all three ad formats will be visible to people in the US on iOS, Android and the web. So these aren't available to you right now as an advertiser unless you work for Wendy's Bose New Balance, etc, all these big name brands, Um, but they are pretty cool. And hopefully they'll roll out to everyone in the future. So the first one is interactive text ads. These appear with a large bolder typeface, not the standard Twitter font. And they can highlight up to three words on their ad copy. That one clicked will drive customers to landing pages chosen by the brand. The brand, the highlighted copy words will offer a new way for customers to engage with ad copy. And then you can pick the color of the highlight too. I think this one, I like can't think of any applications for it. So they have an example from Oreo. Where it says you customize it, and customize is highlighted. We deliver it. Create a custom Oreo is highlighted. Cookie for the perfect gift is highlighted. And those all three could be different landing pages. But like, why would you send people to different landing pages for all those? Like, what's? The-
1: I think it's for bigger brands. Like, let's say you're Nike and it's Air Max Day or something. You could say you customize Air Max. It goes to the custom Nike option. Then mm-hmm. you go to its um, Air Max has been around for however many years. And you go to all their selection of Air Maxes. And then finally you go to like the history or something.
0: It's just not that clear.
1: I, it I looks like, really cool.
0: Yeah, it does look cool. I just can't think of a lot of applications for it or how it would matter to me, I guess. And it's all about me. I
1: agree with <laughs> that because most marketers don't think about like the, they're like, oh, it's a landing page. There's, it can only be one. Yeah, app.
0: like I have yeah. this goal.
1: But if you said, hey, let like pick a, pick a type of software, let's say it's a CRM or something and you're like, get a demo of our CRM software that people are saying and it goes to testimonials, blah, blah, blah. And it's, you know, Shep RM.
0: Yeah, that's not a bad idea. It also just reminds me of when people like emphasize random words in like emails and stuff that don't mean anything
2: or accidentally use quotes. Yeah, when you mean it literally, <laughs> I wonder if you can send
1: everybody the same landing page. somehow. send all three that that seems like the hardest part, you got to like mm. choose what, like what word you're highlighting. And you want it to be the word you think people are going to click on so you get to the right landing page.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm thinking too. But it said you can send people to different so I'm assuming you can also send them to the same. Oh, cool. Don't quote me on that. So that's one option. They also have collection ads. These are probably just what you think they have a primary hero image and then they have five smaller thumbnail visuals below. The primary image is static and then people can browse through the thumbnails via a horizontal scrolling experience. Each of the images can drive consumers to a different landing page. And they have an example here with the Bose headphones that I actually just bought my husband for his birthday. So they're pretty nice headphones too.
2: Did you take them back? Why, to use the ad? No, because his birthday was on April
0: Fool's Day. Oh Oh, man, that would be mean. He would not appreciate that joke. (laughs) Sorry, Eddie. Okay, so then finally, what I think the coolest one is, is they have these product explorer ads. And these let you showcase your product in 3D. And PPC Greg po- uh, spotted an example in the wild from New Balance, and you can just like twist the shoe around, see it from all the different angles, and it looks pretty neat. So change
1: colors too.
0: Yeah, you can sh- scroll through all the different colors. I mean, I think particularly with sneakers, it's very important because like you got to see how thick the bottom is and stuff. You can show the treads to your chiropractor. Mm. <laughs> And then um, when someone's interacting with these, they can swipe and rotate the brand's products to see them from different angles, and then they can click the shop button to go to the advertiser's site. So lots of cool options here. I just hope it means, in general, that they're just trying with Twitter ads, and we can hope for a better future there.
1: Well, on to the next news, I think we can hope for a better future of Twitter. If you recall last week, we talked about the fact that one Mr. Elon Musk was debating creating their own social network, I don't think that's in the cards anymore because Mm -hmm. Elon Musk is now Twitter's largest shareholder as of April 4th. Just for reference, Elon Musk now owns 9.2% of Twitter, while Jack Dorsey, the founder and former CEO, owns 2.25%. So he owns nearly 4x that. Which is really
2: crazy—a
1: bit of Twitter, and so it was obviously big news. And Elon Musk tweeted from his account at Elon Musk. I think he's probably be tweeting more. He said, "Oh hi, lol." The after that news broke, and he got nine hundred two thousand likes. So did he ratio it? No, he had nine hundred two thousand likes. That's a lot of likes for saying, "Oh hi, lol." So that same day. Elon Musk went out and put out a tweet, a very controversial tweet, if you follow along with Twitter, is he said, do you want an edit button? And he basically said, yes, but spelled it wrong and no, and it's kind of spelled it wrong. Um, and everybody was freaking out about it. And then Parag Argwal said, the consequences of this poll will be important. Please vote carefully. Bro, it's an edit button. Every social media platform has an edit button, right? Like and you, and just see, you can see the, Twitter. Not so not Twitter, but you can see the edits. It's not like like you're a little up there. Like the consequences of this poll will be important. Like, whatever. Anyway, people definitively said that they want an edit button. Um, but I wanted to take an example. I saw some folks out there, and I just want to give the other side of it of people that don't like a possible edit button. So I saw uh SEO, Christine Schlaginger at S. C-H-A-C-H-I-N on Twitter said, Cannot believe I have to waste my time explaining to the CEO of Twitter why it cannot have an edit button. It also takes five seconds to copy, delete, paste with edits or they can pay for Twitter Blue. Spent six long years fighting disinfo on here i Am furious you would even joke about this. So some people aren't happy. I thought it was just like a jolly old edit button you can see the edits these are the consequences they were referring to so obviously some people don't want an edit button
0: just have like a log that's something that says it's edited
1: yeah and like if you i'm sorry
0: we live in screenshot culture like it doesn't hmm. matter if you have an edit button have you ever met kanye west have you ever seen his instagram
1: yeah if you can delete stuff like what's What's the The difference so to me i think it makes a ton of sense i think it will get more people onto the platform by not being so like chastised for spelling their wrong or something yeah, here, yeah. like all these little minor things like people are very aggressive on Twitter. And if you can keep a log of it, I think who cares? Now, obviously, you don't want to be like, hey, go Buffalo Bills and then have everybody like it and then change it to be like, you know, <laughs> New England Patriots or something that Dyer would be consequences. Wrong. Yeah, but you can figure this out. This isn't a hard problem. This is an easy problem to fix. Have a log.
2: Not to to mention every major update Twitter comes out with, all anybody ever says is, but where's the edit button? Now we could, like if we get one, we could actually celebrate these other new features. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's a good PR move. So on to that.
1: After that whole thing where it seemed like Parag was saying the consequences are very important, he then follows up to say, I'm excited (laughs) to share the day after is when this happened. He said, I'm excited to share that we're appointing Elon Musk to our board. Exclamation <laughs> point. Through conversations with Elon in recent weeks, it's been be- became clear to us that he would bring great value to our board. <laughs> it's like, no, he bought nine percent of the company. Like, yeah, like, what are you talking let him about? in. Oh. And then Frog said, he's both a passionate believer and intense critic of the service, which is exactly what we need here on Twitter and in the boardroom. Make us stronger in the long term. Welcome, Elon. And Elon responded nicely and Jack Dorsey said the same stuff. So then this is where it gets really interesting. In case you didn't see, Twitter always jokes about having an edit button. And Twitter Blue is not an edit button. Twitter Blue is a delayed tweet. It's not an edit button. You can't tweet and then edit it. It just takes longer to actually push the tweet out. It's frustrating, infuriating, and terrible user experience. So on April 1st, Twitter said, we are working on an edit button. It was their April Fool's joke. And then April 5th, they retweeted it and said, P.S., we're not joking.
0: And so conspiracy, did they know on April 1st that they like, were going to do that? Or yeah. was it really a joke then?
2: People are giving us heck for our joke?
1: I don't know. But there's a gif of it, and it does seem like there is actually... The edit button, you see kind of the three little dots. And once the tweet is live, you can go to the very bottom and hit edit tweets. And so they put that out there. I don't know if it's going to be. They're saying we're kicking off testing within Twitter Blue Labs in the coming months Mm -hmm. to learn what works, what doesn't, and what's possible. So if you're one of those people out there that is shied away from Twitter for things being too um, strict, let's say. Harsh. Yeah. yeah, There may be an edit button coming. And Elon Musk is on the board and the major shareholder. So if you've been a company, a brand out there, and you're like, uh, well, I don't know about Twitter, I would imagine that this would be a big benefit. And I a lot of times don't look at myself and my thoughts about things. Instead, look at what is the line? What's the betting? What does the stock market say? The stock market loves it. So for whatever that's worth, seems like Twitter is on the way
2: up. I don't know how I'm going to follow that. That probably should have been the last one. But here's my article from some guy I've never heard of over at Search Engine Land, Greg Fenn. <laughs> some updates from Microsoft advertising are coming. The most important of which is that ad customizers, are most exciting, is that ad customizers are coming to RSAs. So Microsoft announced that this feature will be part of this quarter's open beta. If you don't know what customizers are, they essentially allow for a lot more flexibility and customization by dynamically changing ad copy within what's technically a single ad. So they already had this for expanded text ads, ETAs, and now it is coming in open beta to RSAs, which is very excited, exciting for people that are probably already using them. If you're wondering which attributes are gonna be included, it's pretty much what's already available with ETAs. That's text, number, price, and percent. So like interest rates and discount rates can be dynamically changed, which is sweet. And you will be able to update these in the web version as well as via a feed. So rejoice y'all. There were also a couple other things that were announced as well, a soon to be released open beta for campaign level conversion goals. Love to see that RSA info in the Microsoft advertising app. Also love to see that smart campaigns are rolling out into more countries, three more I believe Canada, France and Germany. So hide your kids. And finally, Microsoft audience ads are rolling out to 39 more countries. And I'm not going to read the whole list because people don't want to hear me do that. But honestly, like I made the joke about smart campaigns, but if they work for you, fine, whatever. It's just it's nice to see that Microsoft is always announcing so
0: many changes. I didn't probably because I'm not a bad marketer, but I didn't (laughs) even know they had smart campaigns (laughs) on Microsoft. (laughs) That's kind of scary. Yeah. And I know all the talk about RSA is like that's a lot of people complain if customizers aren't available for both platforms because we're being like forced into them. So that's a very welcome change for yeah. people who use them. Really, good I'm a control freak and I'm usually scared of them, but go crazy. Now it's time for this week's Take of the Week. This is a hashtag
2: fire digital marketing take with extra spice served up for you. We simply deliver the take for your consumption. We give no opinions. We don't influence. You make the
0: call.
1: All right, and this week's take of the week comes from The Rand Fishkin author of last year's Marketing Personas are almost always a boondoggle, but they don't have to be. And we have a new post called Provable marketing attribution is a boondoggle. Trust your gut instead.
0: Okay, I'm looking up the definition of boondoggle. Just keep going. It's that yeah. fun craft from. I'll have you... it in a
1: minute here, <laughs> yeah. the definition of okay. boondoggle.
0: Oh, got it. Okay.
1: So, I'll read from the intro and explain the preface that rand has he says marketing journeys are long complicated multi-channel paths tracking them is always imperfect but if you employ an extensive expensive difficult to configure combination of tools tracking systems and deeply talented statistics professionals you can build a high quality predictive attribution modeling structure that approximates reality with relatively minor gaps my counterpoint don't bother Just trust your gut. So that is what Rand says. I don't think you need all of that, first off. Like, you don't need difficult... Like, if you're running ads especially, that's advertising is part of one of the four Ps of marketing. It's promotion. Like, that works. But anyway. So he's saying to trust your gut and not look at attribution model or at least to pay for these higher-end solutions. So I just want to preface this by saying that Rand Fishkin is a best-selling author, founder of Moe's, which was once one of the pinnacle of SEO companies. He has a half million followers and is one of the most notable faces in organic digital marketing and has successfully transitioned from SEO to more influencer-style marketing, helping on the research end
0: yeah, of that. Love the white queso. The white queso <laughs> at Moe's? Yeah. Welcome to Moe's. Welcome. <laughs>
1: So I just want to make sure that everybody knows where he's coming from. And he's recently been on terror, maybe the last six months. I think about like against advertising. In case you don't remember, he had said, what if performance advertising is just a scam was one of his tweets that he had. And then it turned out he didn't necessarily know what performance advertising was. And he also misreported the USA Today example stating that conversions were being misreported last month. Um, He said that conversions uh, that, that, they were claiming credit for conversions that were almost certainly going to happen anyway. It wasn't that. It was just placed on a different different sites. And he's been very bulk, vocal about not buying ads. Um, there, I was listening to a, a video of him and the actual cover, I know I probably can't choose what cover people choose, say, is reach the masses without paid advertising. And you don't need paid advertising. Advertising is payment for placement. So... Uh, He has bias, right? That's that's the only thing I'm trying to say is like he's an influencer and he's at this very rarefied air where you think about some of the behemoths of digital marketing and you put that through SparkToro, his tool, and he comes up on top, like right? So he's he's like rarefied air. Uh, But he has bias with it. Obviously, he has a tool he's selling for influencers. And so do we, right? We do a whole bunch of different things. We help with people's websites. We help on the organic side. We help a lot on the paid side. We're really biased towards paid. But I feel like I personally have less bias just because I have no self-confidence, really. (laughs) I just don't. It's just like, I'll tell you what I think the answer is, and that's what you'll get. And I agree with him, like, overarchingly, that people should figure out ways to move away from Google and move away from Facebook and move away from these things that they can't control as much. But he, and the examples he chooses on this are very specific examples. They're like the, the, it's, it's the, it's a good problem to have examples where Mm. you post something and you see something on LinkedIn. He's got a couple of examples of what this buying process might've looked like. And people are saying, well, I was always been a fan of Rand. And then I saw you at Toro, and then I caught this blog post and I decided I'm going to kick it over to um, somebody that works with me. I'm gonna have her sign up essentially. And his point is it's really hard to track that, which I agree with. It's really hard to track things, but there are also different platforms that you can see tracking. I agree. No tracking is perfect, but tracking is good. (laughs) Like you can see tracking. Um, So to further this on, he says the case for trust your gut investments. If you work in digital marketing, you probably have clients, a team or a boss whom you need to prove the value of your investments. Ironically, if you can convince them to let you go after channels and tactics you can't prove, directly attributable ROI or even software measures like time series lift, you'll probably outperform your every conversion as attributed counterparts. And I agree. It's not complete science, but it's not complete art either. You know, like, and this gets to like the major issue with this entire article I'm not anti-science. I just want, I <laughs> like, I'm, I'm not anti-art. I'm both. It could be both. He goes on to say, the only catch, you need a trustworthy gut. And it's like, yeah. You don't want to give that advice to somebody just starting out to be like, hey, you just go trust your gut. Don't look at attribution. It's like, you're Rand Fishkin, right? You've been doing this for 20 years. Two years or whatever 20 years you know what you think is going to same with here like marketing clock should never work mm-hmm. right like if you look at this on paper you'd be like you're losing money every week right like this is a bad investment of your time what are you getting from this but there's some sort of art with it so the fact that he's like oh you just got to tr- like the only catch is you got to need a trust trustworthy gut is like there are a very low number of trustworthy guts out there that mm-hmm. you should actually be trusting. Does that make sense,
0: everybody? Yeah. Yeah. Valid.
1: Okay. And he goes, My broader point is surely controversial. It suggests the work of hundreds of thousands of thoughtful, high quality professionals with immense skill in mathematics, statistics, software solutions, and attribution modeling isn't worth their time or salary. To make a suggestion, is to imply that executives are so addicted to provable metrics that they'd rather lose money to get more certainty. And I am saying that. I, I agree with part of this. It's just that you can have nuance, dude. Like you can <laughs> yeah. have some freaking nuance in any article you put out there and you can say somebody saw this Google ad and it's a view through conversion. I'm going to keep track of it and not just throw it out and trust your gut is my problem. And I'm already way too long on this, so
0: it's already turned into like a Rand Fishkin.
1: <laughs> it's just like you are in a
0: very specific problem, <laughs> and you're
1: this problem only exists for a very minute a number of people out there. Mm-hmm. That you're so big that people see you in one talk and then convert down the road. Like, sorry, there are people out there. They're looking for ESG reporting software and. You can get in front of those people with an ad and you can track that. Yes, you can't track exactly at a talk, but your example isn't for everybody. Like you're a different person than everybody else out there. And there's a lot of other options out there. So give it some nuance and say, for me, for SparkToro, this is why we don't do it. You don't just say it's a boondoggle and get rid of these things. And so anyway, I guess... My conclusion is even if you're probiotic out and you've got a great gut, <laughs> God, like just oh. don't <laughs> exclusively use that, all right? It's bad advice to say, just trust your gut. You can read the whole thing in there. There's even more in there. Um, but look at the numbers, but look at it more than that, right? And, and I think he's got kind of a good point, but you can't just trust that, especially when the one caveat is you need a trustable gut. It's unbelievable. How do you get there? 15 years, years of being of, great. Right. Yeah. You got to be like Rand. You got to be great for 15 years. Nobody's done that. Rand has. Well, I, I would trust his gut with what he's doing 100%. But there's not like Rand people Fishkin.
2: people reading this though? <laughs> <or Yeah>.
1: Like it's <laughs> <laughs> like Ziskin. Like it's one. It's Rand Fishkin. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so there's nuance in everything. Whenever you read these things, everybody's so rigid. You just need to know, like, take it with a grain of salt and do what works for you.
2: Now it's time for this week's Icymi. Icymi I. See Why Am I, people. This is something you just might not have seen.
0: Maybe something that you overlooked,
2: but you shouldn't have.
0: I See Why Am I, people. There's a really awesome Twitter thread this week from Albin Brooke at Albin Brooke on Twitter. He said, so NPR built a bot that could make sure their podcasts stayed in the Apple podcast charts quick thread on one of the smartest marketing ideas I learned at podcast movement last week. So he said, Apple has told us that the top charts are determined by three things. One, new listeners, two people following their show and three completion rate. Since being in the top charts gets you a lot of new listeners, there seems to be a bit of a feedback mechanism. So if you rank well, you get more listeners and follows. If you have more listeners and follows, you rank better. Must be nice. So NPR found that they could run Facebook ads to drive new listeners and followers for their shows. If they bought enough ads, it would generate enough new listens to bump a good show into the top of the charts, where it would stay even after the ads were turned off. So NPR's bot would check if their shows were in the top of the charts. If the show had fallen out, it would turn on its Facebook ads and get new listens and followers until the show jumped back into the charts. Once it was back in the top charts, it would turn off the Facebook ads. And he closes this with a really good point. I think he says, this only works because NPR makes super high quality podcasts that people want to listen to. It's not scammy, it's just a smart way to spend a limited budget. And I thought that was really sneaky and really smart.
1: Amazing. Yeah. yeah.
0: Go NPR. Thanks Alvin and thanks NPR. Now it's time for this week's
2: pew, pew. lightning round. At this point in the show, we split up our content into three parts, paid, organic, and social.
0: First up in the paid universe this week, someone else on PPC chat is trying to figure out WTH audience signals are in performance max campaigns. We still don't know. We did a whole marketing talk about it. We still don't know. So this week, it's Kirk Williams at PPC. Kirk, ever heard of him? He says he tags ads liaison. He said, in terms of performance, Max, are the audience signals similar to composition theory behavior to similar audiences since they aren't observing or targeting? We're trying to wrap our brains around what they are directional. But how? And Ginny said, audience signals indicate what you know about your most valuable customers. First-party data and or custom custom segments are used as a starting point to speed up machine learning's ability to find similar and new converting customers. This video might help too. And she has a link, which we will have in the show notes and on Discord, to how audience signals work. And
1: spoiler alert, it's not going to help.
0: Audience signals? No, the video. Oh.
1: You can watch it and she'll be equally as confused. Because
0: <laughs> there's like not an answer. Okay, then she says... Um, they're used to jumpstart only. They don't limit ads to those audiences. The aim is to find the most conversion and conversion value. Add assets for your high value audiences. They can be for, for multiple specific segments. Use audience insights to see top segments to inform assets and landing pages. So I'm telling you, it just makes me feel better to add them. You know, just add them.
1: This is one of the dumbest things that I've ever heard in my life. And I've heard a lot of dumb things. The fact that you put an audience signal in and it is used to, quote unquote, jumpstart something. What are we doing? What are we doing with Performance Max? You can't see any data. What you feed from a signal isn't really a signal. It's a jumpstart metric that's used to start the campaigns. Because they shouldn't be started without some insight. Maybe don't start them without the insight or let them get conversion value coming in over a certain period of time like you used to do. Why would you just jumpstart it and then completely ignore the signal from there on out? That's what a jumpstart is, right? You use it and then you don't. Yeah.
0: Listen, I'd be mad, but I have one that's working pretty well right now. We're using first party data and optimizing for SQL. So just
1: wait till it doesn't jumpstart anymore. Okay. It's just unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Like, just jumpstart your data. Just jumpstart.
0: Okay. Don't tell my
1: PMAX campaign,
0: please.
1: Do you not think that's ridiculous?
0: I do. But, I mean, are we surprised?
1: No, I'm not surprised at all. But I can still be angry about it.
0: I feel like I can't be angry and also use it. I feel like that would be hypocritical.
1: <laughs> no, that means you're a good marketer. You're using something okay. that you don't necessarily know or like, but it's working, and you're doing what you need to do on your client's behalf, like a fiduciary, you're saying, "Let's try this and see if it works." It just would be nice if you could say instead of "A signal is a jump start, Because
0: like, I think it's saying it learns so much after your jump start that maybe it doesn't mean then it kick
1: any- the thing out, then don't make it a signal anymore. Say, is there something you'd like to jumpstart the data with? Yes or no? Then do that. Don't call it a performance max campaign with the signal continuously running for the entirety of its campaign. It doesn't make any sense.
0: Yeah. Like maybe they give you a notification when it's jumpstarted.
1: <laughs> or, or you After $20,000. <laughs> There's nothing <laughs> other than you being listening to the show like an insane person or listening and following every one of Jenny's tweets and getting alerts like me that would let you know that this is only to jumpstart a campaign. Mm-hmm. There are going to be people out there they are going to put in their customer match list, that are going to put in their remarketing list and think that that's the signal that is going to happen not at the jumpstart level, but at the three-month level or the six-month or one-year level. And they're going to be wrong. There's nowhere where they say this implicitly. It's a signal.
0: It's very confusing. I'm happy we have Jenny. Okay, and more... Max questions this time from Frazier Andrews at PPC Fraser at PPC underscore Frazier on Twitter. He asked when negatives can be added rather than having to reach out to Google support. We've had a few clients appearing for competitor terms when they shouldn't be. And Jenny replied and said, we'll be introducing keyword exclusions at the account level to address brand safety concerns. In the meantime, I'll pass along your feedback. So we would all really love to be able to add our own negatives. I'm just holding my breath.
1: Do you think that Fraser is related to Kirk or Greg?
0: Kirk Fraser?
1: No, PPC, PPC. Fraser. <laughs>
0: Same surname. I still don't get it. Oh, PPB Kirk? was taken. Oh. <laughs> okay. Um, no, I don't. <laughs> Those PPCs should have like their own conference or something. Yeah. The at PPC You handle should have conference. to like apply to get that handle. Okay. PPC Greg said, Spotify ads is adding call to action cards to podcast ads. So while you're listening to a podcast, you could see um, a call to action in the now playing bar. And you could also see ads in the now playing view. Like when the whole episode is up on your whole Spotify screen, you guys are going to have to watch YouTube if you want to see this or look up PPC Greg on Twitter. Um, And then after your ad is heard, you're going to see your ad In the episode now playing view, a little CTA at the bottom, and then you're gonna see it at like more higher up on the screen in the episode page, and then you're also gonna see it in the show page. So great. They have Armchair Expert with Dak Shepard as an example. How much of an expert could he actually be if he doesn't know how to spell Shepard, though? Is all I'm saying, you know? Okay. So Barry Schwartz has a new article for Search Engine Land, and it is called Google Has Confirmed an Issue with Google Ads Console where there is higher than normal latency. AKA Google ads was so slow, I almost lost my mind.
1: It was brutal.
0: I almost just like packed my bags <laughs> and moved to Missouri. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> And it's been like all week. And I can't get anything done. And I just want to cry. It's my week. <laughs> I want to start like it's loading. I'm just going to drop down, like do a plank. All will a six pack in two days. <laughs> I swear. It's so slow. Higher than normal latency issues. You think? What is happening? Fix it. Fix it, please. Maybe oh. they're adding
2: negative list <laughs> capabilities. Yeah. Oh, and no, it looks
1: like they added quite a bit of recommendations for their Optiscore, is what they were doing.
0: Yeah, well, their so. Optiscore is zero get faster. <laughs> and then the time they took googling like what's another word for slow and we're gonna say latency and then I read the name of the article after after I've been so frustrated all week with how slow it is that to the point where it broke my brain. And I was like latency, what are we talking about? Like, just say, hey, we're slow. And we're <laughs> sorry. It's not you. It's us. So they have this update. And it says, as of April 6th, they're still working on it. It's not fixed in all places. It's definitely not fixed for me. Like, I got to say, just the scrolly bar. It's worse than the spinny, I think. The bar that just slowly loads and then starts over again. I'm telling. I'm done. I can't. Okay. Boris Becerik, at Boris Basaric tweeted this week and said, New reporting breakdown in Google ads. Some nice segmentations to be had here. And he outlines it says segment conversion, choose your action. And then it has a screenshot showing logged in versus not logged in users. I'm really confused about this one. Greg seems to think it it's showing a breakdown between people who are, because it just says yes or no in the segment. So yes means logged in, no means not. I don't know. That would be a cool thing. I don't have it in my account yet. Thanks, Boris. Lawrence Chassie got a notification in Facebook ads slash meta ads today. And it says, um, this ad account has been selected to participate in a nine week study to help improve campaign performance. But Lawrence said to help improve stock price er, (laughs) or campaign performance, because it's probably true. And he had this on a Facebook campaign, getting 12X ROAS. So respectfully declined. I think you're smart. PPC Greg found a new ad placement in Google ads. He says it's the first time seeing this as an all encompassing placement. So in the placement report, it says YouTube movies, and it sends people to a link. Well, it sends him in the placement report to a link with like all these featured movies, but it says free with ads for some of the movies. So it seems like his ads are playing during the movies. Can you imagine if like your ad was just playing during the curious case of Benjamin Button?
1: That was me with uh Google Ads this week.
0: You're just getting younger. Oh, the <laughs> <Less opposite. experience. laughs> Inverted
1: Benjamin Button. I was button Benjamin this week.
0: I don't know who's record what. <laughs> Benjamin Button. Okay. You can't backwards. reverse him. That's just too talk about incepting yourself. Okay. No, that's movie. a different film with Leo. I know. All these films are like, who do you think I am? Like I like a strong female lead. You're gonna give me Benjamin Button. <laughs> Jurassic Park, The Lost World, The Revenant. Have you seen that movie? I bet I
1: know what happens with Jurassic Park. The dinos escape. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I bet that happens. Like these. Big... Like we built something that these dinosaurs can never get out of.
0: You are. We mean it this time.
1: We thought of everything. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh
0: no! The dinos
2: escaped.
0: <laughs> it's a really good soundtrack. Um, American Graffiti and this movie's called Upgrade, like, what? I guess they know that these Google Ads people are, their campaigns are being upgraded to PMAX. <laughs> I don't know. These recommendations were supposed to be based on me, but they really don't get me.
1: All right. We need to break down something you said. When you said that Jurassic Park The Lost World was a good soundtrack. <laughs> so
0: fast with
1: it. Are you talking about Piano Sonata by Wolfgang Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart?
0: I'm thinking of John Williams. He does the Jurassic Park soundtracks, I thought.
1: I don't think he touched Lost World. I think he saw um, that. But then and count
0: me out. He yeeted on out. Count me out. Mozart did it. <laughs>
2: He's like, sign me
0: up. All they could get was royalty free classical. <laughs> no one wanted to
2: do it. Free? We'll take it.
0: Okay, Colin Slattery at CJ Slattery with more Performance Max conspiracy theories. He said, did anyone experience Performance Max doing an inventory dump on March 31st? (laughs) Feels like everywhere we have it, did a massive impression click and spend spike associated with end of month nonsense. This is like how people say cops, like they got to reach their quota. They pull you over more at the end of the month.
1: Police officers, please.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. Formal name. Sorry, disrespect. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if it's true for the police officers. <laughs> let me know, Uncle Trooper.
1: A lot of people confirmed this. I believe even Queen Jill Sassy. Yeah, people
0: it, were. Well, it was kind of mixed reviews. Some people were saying they noticed it. Some people weren't. Um, I launched a new performance max campaign on March 31st, so I was out of the conversation. But I don't know. Interesting conspiracy theory. We don't. We really don't know anything about it. And this is the only insight we have is Twitter. Brad Giddis said he did a huge analysis on, analysis on Google Ads RSA's ad strength from the number of headlines to pinning to CTR and conversion rate. You can read about it all on the ad Adalysis blog, and that is a really great guide for anyone looking to learn more about RSAs. And david kyle had a question for jenny this week he said hello are you able to provide any insight on why both ad scheduling and target location are being deprecated not depreciated greg for rsa customizer feeds these happen to be the features how is it? i use most for eta feeds deprecated has two meetings we looked this up live on the show we have to look it were it up you again. not there
1: i mean i'm never here the
0: second meeting of deprecated not to be confused with defecated <laughs> <laughs>
2: It's no. That was the last story with the no.
0: Deprecated has two meanings, and the second one is another word for depreciated.
1: Well, that's insane. Are you You kidding me? No, is this
0: Groundhog Day? We did this two weeks ago. Look, technologies that have been replaced
2: by newer technologies, whereas depreciated, I feel like, just means going away. Deprecate
0: two, another word for depreciate.
1: Depreciated or deprecated, either way,
0: yeah, they're gone. Okay, so. Jenny responded and said, RSAs use location insertion, which don't require feed. More here. She links to a Google Ads help article. She says, we're working on a solution for scheduling feed times. In the meantime, an option to use Google Sheets to update and schedule bulk bulk uploads. Example here. And then I think that's the biggest takeaway from this is she has a Google Sheet that's like a template for how you can do this on your own. So I think that's super helpful. And we will have it in our show notes in Discord. Okay, and news I hate from Discord. <laughs> this one from comes from Christina. In Discord, she says, I got this email and of course I thought, oh no, I have a disapproval or billing issue because it says, Microsoft Advertising Dash. Action required. Your campaigns may pause. So then she opens it. Guess what the big issue is? It says, warning, your ads are underperforming.
1: Christina, your ads are underperforming.
0: Increase clicks by about four... <laughs> By simply adjusting your campaign budgets, stop losing impressions and clicks. Update your budget settings now. Four. And then there's a button where you can apply a budget update right then and like a huge exclamation mark. This almost looks like spam.
1: It really does. Yeah. This
0: is like I get emails from Greg sometimes that's like, hey, I'm in a closed door meeting. <laughs> Please call me at say. this phone number. Click this link.
1: I know somebody that got that and did it and got money and transferred it to somebody. Their boss is money. Wow, it was two thousand dollars. Never got it back. <laughs>
0: Didn't oh my get fired, god! To be fair.
1: But she got a message from her boss, and was like, "All right, I'll do this." Wow. It. So it works in some
2: people. That's <laughs> insane. <laughs> I know. And not to change the subject, but I want to know how much of a budget increase they're recommending for these four clicks. I yeah, four it's got to be drastic. <laughs> like right. an hour a day. I just what? feel like they're like triple your daily budget. You'll get four more clicks. This is the information we need. So
0: if you get that email, I wouldn't worry about it. If you get an email from Greg, I don't know. (laughs) Wearing 2K. What's happening in organic?
1: All right. First up from Danny Sullivan on his at search liaison account. Highly cited will be a new label that will appear for top stories in Google News, helping you identify stories that have been frequently cited by other news organizations. There's a GIF that's up on screen right now showing what a result might look like for the Tampa Bay Rays and I love this because it hopefully will put the onus more on somebody that initiates the reporting and it is a much bigger bolder placement so if you're highly cited um, hopefully you will earn more visibility and more traffic and more revenue hopefully so I dig it um I don't know what is going on with the Rays but I guess they're Playing in Montreal or something. So
0: that doesn't really make sense.
1: No, They're they kind don't of far allow away. About baseball, in Montreal. I thought they got rid of the Expos for that. Anyway, next up, attention all of the podcasters out there, aka everyone in America at this point. <laughs> hey, but PodNews.net has a hot scoop. They say, despite no announcement from YouTube's director of podcasting, Kai Chuck at Podcast Movement Evolutions last week. Pod News has been sent an 84 page presentation produced by YouTube, intended for podcast publishers. In it, three slides marked looking ahead allow us to view, allow us a view into what YouTube is planning. And apparently, that there's going to be the ingesting, as Pod News says, of RSS feeds by YouTube directly. So you can just feed your podcast in to YouTube, hypothetically. Uh, and in the slides apparently there was youtube.com forward slash podcast it doesn't work but it seems like there's a lot of plans around this and also YouTube is going to feature audio ads so this is both for the paid side of things and people looking to get more visibility and also the organic side if you're trying to monetize something Um, and it says well pod news again is is hypothesizing that both are going to be sold by Google, but also by partners, too, if they're large enough. So YouTube's standard practice is going to share revenue with publishers. So we might expect, perhaps, revenue to be shared for podcast publishers as well. And they're going to have analytics, according to um, this slide. So check it out. You can see it over in our show notes community at marketingclock.com. All right. Next up from the Google blog, the ai.googleblog.com. We've got a cool new AI in town. Pathways language model, AKA Palm.
0: Oh, right in time for Palm Sunday. Is it? Yeah.
1: Is that coming up in two days? This weekend, yeah. Oh, wow. Hmm. Right in time for Palm Sunday. Crucify him. Wow. Whoa. whoa.
0: That's what they say. You've never been, it's like role play. Everyone in the audience gets a part.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Murder? (laughs) you've never
0: been unfortunately unfortunately, sounds
1: bad the priest
0: always gets the part of Jesus so we as the crowd are like the crowd
1: so yeah you can (laughs) role play that way or you can use the AI learning module and I thought that to do this I was going to just not read the article at all and so I used GPT-3 to summarize the article about palm and this is what it gave me it says The Google AI team has developed a new language model called Palm that is designed to scale to very large amounts of text. Palm is based on a transformer architecture and is trained on a large corpus of text. (laughs) 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 Palm can be used to generate text, answer questions, and perform other language related tasks. That's
0: That's pretty good. I was hoping GPT-3 would be like sassy, like palm G- is the woe. <laughs> <laughs> you should use GPT-3 it I doesn't mean, know what's yeah. good
1: for it that's how you know there's not real machine learning it will be slandering palm yeah mm-hmm. if that was
2: the case yeah we're safe from the robots for another year <laughs>
1: all right next up from the google search console twitter account the applications for our virtual unconference on april 27th are open now you can apply for your spot in the group discussions at the event um, get the link over in our show notes, community.marketingclock.com or marketingclock.com forward slash newsletter, and you can apply to go. Again, you, the whole conference is about you, so you're like applying to go talk. So if you're there to not talk, don't apply. All right. And from by way of Glenn Gabe, from Colin Nielsen, focus on local. Another good one about what to do if my Google business profile has vanished. In case you forgot, Barry covered it last week. There was a lot of movement in the local SEO space. And Colin or Colin, how do you say that? Colin? We'll go Colin. You really I could go either way. Colin?
2: Colin? It's Colin? gotta be Colin.
1: Colan has a post over on Sterling Sky that says, My Google business profile vanished. What do I do? And it's a great resource if you lost any visibility there. And from Lily Ray at Lily Ray NYC on Twitter, she says Google Discover is apparently so eager to show me web stories that match my interests that I just got this web story called What is SEO and its Types? Oh my gosh. <laughs> By blog.
0: By In blog. Other words, if
1: you're looking for an easy traffic opportunity, maybe go create some web stories about SEO. We've been saying it. Yeah. Glenn's been saying it. Samuel's been saying it. Lily's been saying it. <laughs> this example is unbelievable.
2: I love
0: it so much.
1: It literally is just What is SEO?
0: And it's facts wow. <laughs> the facts wow team. <laughs> she's also got. I wonder if she's a Capricorn. Let us know, Lily. <laughs>
1: By blog. Oh, <laughs> great. All right. And keeping here from Glenn Gabe. I caught a tweet of his where he says, Some laughed this off a while ago. They aren't laughing now. Alphabet's wing division will mm-hmm. begin drone delivery services in the Dallas area on April 7th, starting with Walgreens health, and wellness products. I don't know. I'm not super sure about stealthy items fired from the sky in Dallas by a company whose name literally translates to grassy knoll. But who am I to say anything about this?
0: Oh, man.
1: All right. And next up from Brody Clark, he says, Whoa, check this test out when clicking image pack in web search. A pop-up now appears. He was clicking on some headphones, and instead of going right to the image results, he has like a like a modal of the image pop-up. I think this is cool. I love it for images. Like Most people just kind of want to see what's going on, and you can still click through. You don't have to go to the images section itself. And from co-host of the show last week, Barry Schwartz, at Rusty Burke on Twitter, he says, Google My Business mobile app is going away, or as Google likes to say, being replaced. Deprecated? <laughs> Deprecated, <laughs> depreciated, <laughs> depreciated, whatever you want to call it but just don't look for Google My Business. It's now going to be in Google Maps and search if you want to communicate with people. And from Lily Ray, she was doing a search for a term camera out there. And what showed up first was chrome.google.com in the web store and detail on the camera. And it looks like it's a camera app for taking photos, number one. So Google was in placement number one. Placement number two, was play.google.com was called "Open Camera, an app on Google Play. Placement number three is Google Camera, a uh, 2.2-star-rated app on Google Play. <laughs> so Google was ranking one, two, and three for the term "camera.":
0: Some great competition out there.:
1: People hated it. Casey Gillette out there, the pride of Avon, the biggest export from Avon since Bill Tom walls almost messed that up. But at KZG said, that totally has to match the search intent. And then the wonky face. Um, Oleg Kornachok says, you mean to say you weren't looking for the open camera Android app when you search for camera on your desktop? And Lily Ray says, "Lolol, literally the most specific and unhelpful result. And so Google, if we know one thing, they love themselves some Google, especially in that camera example.
0: Tom Walls, home of the Walla Burger.
1: Yes, oh. home. Oh, yeah, Tom Walls, right? Avon. Are you look, doing some research? There? Are you
0: trying to say? Avon? Do they talk about
1: Casey in there? In the they th- talk about Canisius Lake.
0: Um, no, I know Canisius Lake is spelled wrong, like Dak shepherd, isn't it? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. They've got a pretty model on the Walla Burger site. It's great marketing strategy. Does
1: the Tom Walls site say anything about Casey? I need to know.
0: <laughs> no, they should have picked Casey to be this burger model. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. Get back to Casey. We'll we'll make it happen. For we'll you find if you her want a it.
0: camera and take a new photo.
1: <laughs> All right. And by way of Hammond O, they found and recorded a GIF of YouTube testing opening the YouTube app automatically to the shorts page. Why? You just look at this and this is just terrible. It's like <laughs> you're not a social network. You have so much more to offer. You're so good. You're YouTube. Like I watch YouTube all the time. I don't. I don't care about shorts. You're a video platform. You should be taking over TV. You should be the future of everything. And you're just not. You're worried about shorts.
0: You should make it easier to see the description on Roku. They
1: should. They're yeah. just getting get rid of it because they just watch a short instead. All right. Google Maps is getting deeper iOS integration. Not going any further on that. And WordPress is looking at for the um, for using WebP. It is an image format. I believe it was started by Google. So um check out that if you are a WordPress user. That's it for Organic Bud. What's happening in social?
2: First up in social this week, a tweet from Yanni Levy of Meta Meta Pick Your Poison. It says calling all marketers who've previously been disappointed with their Meta rep. Could you do better? Would you consider joining Meta? Let's talk seriously. Let me pitch you. Many ads consulting positions open globally, like or comment if interested. Very desperate tweet. <laughs> like, you gonna like it? Like, well, you, buddy, Hired. Yanni, are you going to follow up with everybody that like this? You're not. No one's going to like it. Nobody wants this job. But I hope that knowledgeable, helpful people will join the team and make sure we know how to actually reach them. But pie in the sky. Next up from Instagram, they said, level up your messaging experience. There are new DM features you can use while chatting with friends on Instagram. There's a whole thread. New features include replying to a message while you're browsing. You don't have to go into your inbox. If you see the notification, I assume you just click it open. Uh, You can tap and hold the share button so you can send posts to your closest friends. That one is perfect when I want to send you guys rat content. That's my new favorite thing to do. We have like so yeah, a rat channel. We have everyone. like, a rat channel. like yeah. I'm
0: never speaking about any of my fears again. Chris Ridley sent me rat content <laughs> to Instagram DM this week. Congrats yes. Chris
1: Ridley on the marriage by the way and yes. for our upsetting show.
0: No. Ugh. Like I'm watching his story, seeing his first dance with his new bride. Like I'm like, oh, how beautiful Chris Ridley. Replies with rat content. <laughs> There's so much good rat content it's great. on
2: Instagram. It's great. Amazing. And if I want to send it to you at 3 a.m., they have a new feature you can send messages without notifying friends late at night when they're busy by adding the at silent in your message. So that's cool. So then it's the first thing you see in the morning instead of waking you up out of your sleep.
0: Wait, we need that for Slack.
2: You could just turn off notifications.
0: Instead. No, but I want to be able to send you something at 10 p.m., but not have it. You can. It. I'm you up. You see it. <laughs> <laughs> She's up to like 10. Yeah, I am. Clients. <laughs> um, <laughs> fair.
2: Also good for late night engagement. There's a new at the top of your inbox. You can see who's online and free to chat with, like a little green circle. It looks like I guess that's cute. Um, You can also create a poll directly in a group chat and lo-fi chat theme to make your conversations feel more
0: personal, like the music.
2: I don't know. I didn't read it. I'm just
0: reading their tweets. I thought lo-fi was like what all the cool kids listen to. They
2: put music notes and it says vibing out here, so I'm gonna go with yes. Okay. Uh, next TikTok has added a friends tab and this will include posts from followers that you follow back, accounts that you follow and other suggested accounts. So AKA not your friends. Uh, next up from social media today, Twitter is apparently testing a new status indicator thingy within tweets. Alessandro Paluzzi discovered it. He called it working on vibes and it really just (sighs) based on the screenshot looks like a little Tag for lack of a better somebody word, somebody get
1: Elon in there faster. Okay, that's he needs to gets faster, they don't need vibe checks.
2: They don't, yeah, it's weird, but I feel like it, there could be something there. I don't know. The this article came out, I think, the same day that that Elon announcement came, and Ad Hutch coming in and clutch basically said they're trying to increase engagement on the platform. We can expect them to throw a lot of shit at the wall and see what sticks. My words, not his. Um, but then the whole Elon thing dropped, so I don't know, maybe they'll have more useful things coming out, but whatever. I, the Sims. Had little indicators above their heads that worked well for them. Maybe the tweets will work well too.
0: It always comes back to the same,
2: you know it. All right, next, TikTok is adding a new background player option for live streams, which I think is a brilliant move. Cough, cough, YouTube. And they're pushing towards longer form content in general, so it'd be really cool if this rolled out beyond live streams if people start adopting that with longer TikToks. What does TikToks? background player mean? Basically, you can close the. Well, I'll read it to you. Um, enables you to keep the audio stream running even if you exit the app, oh. which is cool for a live stream. But if people are out there making long TikToks someday, maybe it's something you'd want to keep that listening is to. Be
0: so great for Mrs. Dutchie.
2: That's the Tumblr like lady p- playing. We, we I- need a,
1: a ban on Miss Duchy on that show.
0: It's been like two weeks. Any relation to the Quacker Factory? <laughs> no, I'm all
1: here for Quacker Factory.
0: She's like a simple girl. She doesn't like all those embellishments from Quacker Factory. She's just like a t shirt and She's just like
1: gold flakes in her resin.
0: Yeah. Jeez.
2: Oh, me too. And from the verge, Facebook oh, no. <laughs> boosted harmful content for six months. Because of a bug in the newsfeed, this is a quote. Instead I'm of suppressing dubious posts, the newsfeed was instead giving the post distribution, <laughs> spiking views by as much as thirty percent globally. It's not funny. As much as it's we're not laughing, funny. that's
1: not it's funny. It's not funny, but it's funny how <laughs> that's bad. Backwards. That company is. It is it's, the opposite. It's just like,
0: and yet people say that Facebook ads are like controlling people's kits. lives. Kids, you that's, think that's bad? Say what you're going to say.
1: No, I think it's just funny that somehow there's the ability to take something harmful and negative and even (laughs) have the potential option of turning a minus into a plus. How could that be possible? Who engineered this? And then why are you trusting them with your money as an advertiser or a human being with your content?
2: That's a really nice segue into our next story from the Washington Post. Facebook's parent company, Meta, is paying one of the biggest Republican consulting firms in the country to orchestrate a nationwide campaign seeking to turn the public against TikTok. This <laughs> campaign includes placing op-eds and letters to the editor in major regional news outlets, promoting dubious stories about alleged TikTok trends that actually originated on Facebook. That's a quote from the article. There are a lot of other Who quotes would care? in here. I, it's is wild. You have... This is not the must read of the week but you should read this hey that dance that you thought started on tiktok <laughs> no, no, no.
0: guess no, no. what
1: <laughs> <laughs> like it's like i always said like my grandpa always said he's like you know, that Miss Dutchie, I first liked her stuff on Facebook.
0: It goes, it comes
2: back to the children. They're like, you know, and she was just Shannon. Yeah, she was on Friendster. yeah. it's terrible. There's a lot of quotes in this article, apparently from these emails that leaked between the people at MEDA and this agency. I forgot what they're called. It's in here targeted victory. It
1: sounds like what you described, (laughs)
2: right? It's insane. But they're talking about like ways to spin things to make it, you know, TikTok is ruining our children and all of that targeted victory did decline to respond to questions about the campaign, but took the time to say that they were proud of the work that they've done. So if you like horror stories, it's a good read. But I will say that while Meta is up to no good, we shouldn't go praising the talk as some sort of saint, even though they're kind of like the the victim in that last article. According to BuzzFeed, TikTok's parent ByteDance made fake accounts with content scraped from Instagram and Snapchat. So they're stealing things. Again, not the same thing. But like nobody's out there doing good on these social platforms. And I just have a bad taste in my mouth this week. With these stories. We need Mr. Musk to just turn things around for Twitter and then everyone can go elsewhere. (laughs) Well, go there. I mean, and abandon elsewhere. I don't know. I have no hope.
1: All right. And on to our segment segments here quick this week. We've got a first segment called Really? And this comes spotted by Matt Navarro. But Instagram is sending people to TikTok from its own Reels video. And there's a an <laughs> post from Facebook Facebook says, follow us on TikTok for deeper dives and tips.
2: At least they know who they are. In the real. They know their place.
1: <laughs> really? <laughs> All right. And GA4U here quick, Charles Farina, who will not acknowledge us. Has said oh, that. Just look
0: at us, Charles.
1: <laughs> it's a, seen landing pages natively available on explorations in GA4. And the bounce rate has also made a, an appearance, according to Charles. You can see that um, in the reporting API. So there will be more for you if you do like those metrics that may be making their ways to GA4.
2: And that brings us to our real-life segment, straight out of our accounts and into your ear holes. It's time for Working Hard or Hardly Working, where we talk about what's going on in our IRL work, good,
0: bad, or otherwise. For me, I haven't had like a new client kickoff situation in a while, and we had one this week, and it's just reminding me, all of my clients are really smart, but just starting their relationship with like a really smart person who already has funnel stages in place, CPQL, CPMQL, CPSQL, like all the acronyms and just like goals, and they know what they want from paid search. And it's really exciting. And I'm so excited, excited to start working with new people who you might know if you're listening to this, Greg. For me,
1: I had one client that was still do uh, that I wasn't sure where it was gonna go. I have come to love talking to her every single week. I just love it. I don't know what it is. And what she says now, she's like, Greg, I've just started to listen to you and do what you say. And I'm like, this is amazing. Trust and, your gut. And there you go. Gotta have a good uh, gut biome. But basically, we're like, you need to follow up with these people better, or we need to turn this thing off. It was like, that was literally verbatim what I've said. It's like, we need to turn this thing off, or you need to start really addressing these leads. She got somebody on the leads. She got people in different um, different uh, sections of the world where they're, they're responding differently. And everything has really progressed quickly since then. So it's just been awesome when people really take that advice and don't just pay you to pay you, but pay you to actually consult for them. Love it.
2: That is beautiful. And despite the uh, Google ads woes everyone was having this week, LinkedIn campaign manager wasn't any better for me. Every time I changed the flipping date range, it would freeze. How is anyone supposed to do anything if you can't change the dates, the calendar? Struggles for me this week. Hardly working. And now for this week's Cool Tool. As a reminder, our Cool Tool segment is not an official endorsement or paid mention. We're simply sharing something we found in our travels that may be of use to our listeners. And is really, really cool. All right. First of all, thank you, Shep. For holding it down last week with a sick rhyme in the cool tool segment, I was very proud. I was of you. hoping
0: you'd notice. Oh, you listen to the show. I listened <laughs> to the whole thing.
2: Oh, that's a first. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it might be the last. Uh, but you made me proud, and I am here, Chef, to return the favor. This week's cool tool is an in integration for data nerd nation. <laughs> Our friends over at H announced the launch of a new Google Data Studio of new Google Data Studio connectors for their Site Audit, Site Explorer, and Rank Tracker, which is absolutely amazing. It's available for advanced plans and higher, again with hrefs, You could see demo reports in their documentation. First, you could scope it out and see if it'd be useful to you before committing to those higher plans. We will have the link in our newsletter as well as on Discord, so pick your poison and check it out. Now it's time for our must-read marketing article of the week, an article so advanced, so in-depth, so detailed that we simply cannot cover it in its entirety on today's show.
1: This week's must-read marketing article of the week comes from from Marie Haynes by way of Search Engine Land. And Marie has a fantastic article called Toxic Links and Disavows, a Comprehensive SEO Guide. Many people get this wrong. And this is one of those, like, trust your gut. You have to have, (laughs) like, a very experienced... And know what you're doing, gut. I we just saw somebody that disavowed Google, which is unbelievable. <laughs> um but we fixed it, and everything's fine. Um, and so she says, Do you need to disavow low-quality spammy links? Discover answers to frequently asked questions about disavowing links. And if you're anybody out there right now that is thinking about a disavow file, read this article from Marie and then adjust accordingly and then do the disavow fantastic article, very comprehensive. Thank you, Marie.
0: And now the time has come for our furry fun fact with Jess Budd.
2: All right, well, I'm going to change the name of the segment, especially for you. I'm gonna call it stop
0: learning vermin Oh, I, I love will, it. I'm really upset. I'm not looking at your screen.
2: You don't or have mine.
0: to. I just, for one thing, I didn't know that
2: beavers and porcupine were considered vermin. But more importantly, from CarolinaPest.com, a source we trust, <laughs> when it comes to rats, one of their defining characteristics is that I, <laughs> I really, I might. <laughs> no, 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 I really want to hear the answer. They have a set of teeth that continuously grow over their lifetime. And these, a rat's teeth and jaws, can gnaw through substances as hard as lead sheeting. And Cinderblock.
1: (laughs) Cinderblock. Wow. You're welcome. That was fascinating, Jess. I love this new edition. I thought it was pretty. I
0: really need a minute. (laughs) 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 Do you want a bonus fact? uh, No wonder they have such long teeth.
2: They can hold their breath for a long time and tread water for as long as three days. So don't flush them.
0: Oh my god! And that was learning vermin. (laughs) thank you Jess okay it's time to pick songs playlist.marketingclock.com I'm last because I need to just throw up really quick <laughs> Greg
1: <laughs> and these sorry. are songs we work to you can check it out on Spotify it's playlist.marketingclock.com so I'm going to go with Only in Dreams by Weezer it was one of the best songs I've ever seen live probably 20 years ago now and I think it made out of their live version if I can find that I'll add it to the list but it's a great song to just work to
2: Jess, my power ballad this week is How I Could Just Kill a Man by Cypress Hill.
0: What? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) It's like Shepard Church. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to go with a song that I'm dedicating to Miss Jessica Budd. It's parentheses, you drive me, and parentheses, crazy. But specifically, the Stop Remix by Ms. Britney Spears. <laughs> because chef. you drive me crazy with her furry fun facts
2: alright that does it for today's show it is now officially not Marketing O'Clock
1: thanks for listening
2: and we'll see you next week thanks for listening to Marketing O'Clock if you're looking for more information on today's topics, head over to marketingoclock.com slash newsletter to receive every single article we cover we share the news as it breaks in our discord community head over to community.marketingoclock.com to join
0: Welcome to this week's Shooting the Heck. We're after our famous Friday news show. We don't talk about marketing anymore. We just. Shoot the Heck. And today, back by Popular Demand, we will be playing Stephanie Whippert's favorite game, <laughs> Poke Holes in this.
1: Who's that? Is that killer? Oh, it's killer. Use yeah. your name in vain. Oh,
0: should I not have said your last name on the show? Sorry. <laughs> okay. So, this game, we give an idea that we think is unpokeable. It's the perfect plan, it's going to make us rich. Everyone else tries to poke holes in it and say why it's a terrible idea. Greg, would you like to go first?
1: Absolutely. So this is something I've been thinking quite a bit about. So when you get a tattoo, it has a very kind of like set amount of time. It's essentially your life, right? So How long it lasts? Yeah, how long it's going to be. How long the artist's work is going to be able to be seen, Mm -hmm. right? So my thought was you, when you're younger – it's an age-based scale for tattoo pricing. So as you're younger, Ooh. you can be charged less because the artist's work is going to be out there and potentially more referrals and more seen. And as you get older, that art is very finite. And the artist that's doing that isn't going to have their art around for that much longer. <laughs> so it's going to be more expensive to do. So age-based tattoo great uh, pricing scale. How will close on this.
0: I, you are more likely to change your mind if you get one when you're too young. A, B, are you saying that children should get tattoos? Because that's a terrible idea. Well,
1: if you want the cheapest option,
0: sure. <laughs> that is literal, like, <laughs> <laughs> stage parent, crazy person. Do they need their parents' consent? So I watched. Yeah.
1: Your your boy Dave Navarro. There's a tattoo show, and <laughs> everybody's like, yourself. I don't want the the." They call them human canvases. They're like, mm-hmm. "I don't want these human canvases that are older or something like that," which is ages and shouldn't be happening for
2: sure. It's probably
0: Dave harder Navarro... to work with. Your
2: skin's
1: not taut.
0: Isn't he like a Twitter guy? You tweet about all the time. Wait,
1: but wouldn't you like wouldn't Matt you... Navarro? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't you be like, oh, I'll take that one. It's going to be higher price point. You're going to be like going and fighting after these, these human canvases that nobody wanted before.
2: I mean, I'm old, so I don't like this for myself. But to Shep's point, though. No, yours you'd, would
0: be cheaper, you're saying, but you're not old.
2: No, I am old. So they'd be more expensive. But if
0: you yeah. have regrets when you're young and you, you didn't know, pay that much. No,
2: you're older. You're not old. What's I'm happening? I'm talking about somebody that's like 60. Right. And they pay more.
0: They pay
1: more because right. the art is, is much more
2: finite. I'm understanding completely. Okay, yeah. I misunderstood. And But the children who are going to have regrets, it's going to be with them longer, they're going to pay less for old it. So it's less
0: of a regret. Are not getting tattoos.
2: My mom's first one, she was like 50. There you go. It was an anniversary gift from my Can't dad. That is it. not old. Killer, do you <laughs> right. have any
1: holes to poke in this?
2: Um, I think it's a pretty good idea.
1: Yeah,
0: baby, <laughs> yes. <laughs>
1: What are you right. lost we're
0: moving on from that. I think something that has made office culture a lot less hostile is the option to have a personal heater at your desk hmm. because you can control the temperature of your own personal climate. I think
1: <coughs> can, I, can I have an addendum first?
0: What?
1: Addendum. As a know business
0: where I'm owner. Going.
1: Okay, go go for yeah. it. Go. I'll, I'll let you finish. And then I have an addendum.
0: I You're gonna, gonna think let her finish a similar <laughs> Piece of office happiness that would be better if we had a personal use at our desk would be everyone has their own dishwasher. And that is because there is so much shaming, and and I'm made to feel so insecure <laughs> it's her. about how I use a dishwasher. And like anytime, yes, this is mostly at Just Bud, also Jill Fetcher. Partners anytime someone doesn't approach the assembling of dishes in a dishwasher the way that another person would there. It's not just like, oh, I wouldn't do it this way. That person is an animal. That person needs to go to jail. There are so much crazy words spread around for someone who would just not load things in the way that you would. So I would like my own dishwasher at my desk. Okay, Yeah, that you can fit two dishes in because you load it wrong. Yeah, but how many dishes do you go through a day? And also I just wouldn't have to get up as much and like, walk over the kitchen with all my cups. I also want one next to my bed for all my water cups.
1: This is, Jess, you were besmirched here. (sighs) I feel like you should have the first say.
2: I just feel like everyone should have good practice when it comes to loading a dishwasher. And I think by not having your own, we're making you a better person. So when you go to somebody's house and there's a party and you offer to clean up, you're able to very efficiently load that dishwasher. I think with you think there's only one way,
0: one proper way to load a dishwasher and it's different for everyone. It's
1: my way. Okay. I'm gonna just put close on this because <laughs> imagine the plumbing that would have to take place to get twenty-five dishwashers. We need a bigger office. there's nothing remotely okay with this. You know what you should do, you should just hand
2: wash your stuff.
1: Yeah, that's your just personal hand wash dishwasher. we have yeah. soap and one of those little things. You don't even have to touch it. We don't even have like a normal sponge, it's like a wand.
2: Yeah, I also thought you were going to say toilet, so I'm glad you didn't go there. <laughs> good
0: yeah. Well, hey, while we're replumbing the
1: entire office, <laughs> there
2: are 25 new toilets in
1: there.
0: Okay, I still want my dishwasher. Uh, <sighs> terrible idea. Jess? All right, so this one
2: was actually inspired by you, Greg. Thank you. A long time ago, you said to me that you were going to do a pepper patch, which yes. you meant like a garden, yes. but my mind initially went to like nicotine patch, Ooh. and I think <laughs> we need like jalapeno, uh. habanero, like... Somehow <laughs> deliver the spiciness through the skin, and you wear it all day, and it just keeps you there. I, <laughs>
0: it's really crazy. This,
1: <laughs> honestly, Jess, you come up with a lot of stupid ideas.
2: This is not one of them, right?
1: This might be the most brilliant idea yes! on planet A early.
0: pepper isn't a drug. It's, it, yes, absolutely it is. is it's a not drug. about your getting it in your bloodstream. And I, you have, no, no, no. We have absolutely. achieved
2: euphoria. From hot sauce. You can, past. you're complete euphoria. Okay, yeah. but
0: the whole point is it happens and then it's over. You don't want to just sit there all day. That's
2: the worst part is when it's over. You want it to maintain. Yeah, you have
1: that, the pepper patch. Mm-hmm. This, don't air, killer, don't air this part.
0: <laughs> don't air It would be so bad for your skin. Can you imagine? I'm allergic, like I can't cut. Who cares? Pepper. Yeah, we'll
2: figure out the logistics. Yeah. Maybe there's an aloe we'll patch put, yeah, for L-O. after, whatever. You, you just move it around your body, but it's,
0: it's, we need it. I do not co sign.
1: I will buy it. I'm buying you out of
2: stock.
0: (laughs) You can have all of it. Greg, what's your next idea?
1: All right. I think we probably only have time for one left. So, this is my idea. I go to a lot of sporting events. I have children, and they always like one thing at the sporting events. And it was maybe the biggest revolution to ice cream in the world (laughs) dipping dots. My idea. Disgusting. Diping dots. For every type of food, <laughs> Dippin' dots carrots, <laughs> dip <Dippin'> dots broccoli, <laughs> Dippin' dots turkey, dip and dots beans. I imagine bean. everything dip and dots.
2: Okay. Is First it cold all, or it's just the shape? Yeah.
1: It is co- cold and the shape. <laughs>
0: it, it's,
1: yeah, it's refrigerated <laughs> style uh-huh. dip and dots. Whatever the consistency needs.
0: If dip and dots was actually the ice cream of the future, that wouldn't still be their slogan 20 years later. It would be like, this is ice cream now. Shots fired. So it's yeah. obviously not a good idea. And if you want Dippin' Dots broccoli, I think you could just like cut the top of the broccoli off and it kind of looks like Dippin' Dots. So just lie to your kids. I know you're all about that.
1: I, I don't. <laughs> like, the ice cream isn't good, the Dippin' Dots ice sure cream. Sure But they like it. It's okay.
0: It's good. Melts but if you can. were
1: to like melt it down and turn it back into ice cream somehow, you'd be like, this isn't the best ice cream. You'd be like, yeah. this is like haagen or something. Which is fine.
0: Harkandau's is fine. pretty good. Yeah.
1: Is it? Okay, it's like a uh, Briars or something. Perry's. Also fine. Know. There's Why no right?
0: bad ice cream. Perry's is, okay. I mean, it's not the like something is, like, some oh different my God, opinions. I had
1: Perry's ice cream <laughs> or Briars ice Perry's cream. Perry's is
0: good. I had yeah.
1: Turkey Hill. <laughs> <laughs> I like, <laughs> Love me some about Turkey about? What do
0: you think is a good ice cream brand?
1: I don't like Ben and Jerry's or something.
0: That I feel Perry's like Perry's like, is really yeah. good and it's a local staple. So you wash your mouth out with soap or broccoli. Okay. Swoosh around. Right. Well, let's dip <laughs> and dots
1: of soap and I'll put it in. What do you got, Shep?
0: Okay. Something whenever we watch a movie in my house, it's always an actor comes onto the screen and he's like, isn't that? And you're always like wondering what other movie you've seen them in. I think Amazon has started to like, they show the name of the actor at the bottom of the screen and maybe some information on the scene. I want to see a complete history of what movies they're in, who they're related to. That's the information I'm looking for. Who they're, Who they've been in a relationship with. I think
1: that would be very useful. Because I was going to say Amazon already does that, where
0: you can. No, they don't say what movies they're in. Right, it just shows their face. My question is always, what movie do I know them from?
2: Like, how do I get IMDb plus their bio and IMDb
0: integration with all the apps? Sounds it, like plus you have dating no holes.
1: Plus oh. dating, yeah. <laughs> dating <advice. laughs>
0: tips. No, I, th- I think it's a
2: good
1: idea. I think it's already halfway there. You're just missing the part where you Google that person's name or you think through it.
0: D- then you're distracted from the movie. <clears throat> yeah.
1: I think the bigger problem is people are always like, who is that person? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then once you figure it out, it's like, oh, that's Billy Zane. He looks different every time movies is in. Everything,
2: yeah. Yeah. I wonder if he likes broccoli dots or dipping Brock.
0: <laughs> Jess, what's your idea?
2: This is a good idea, too, that I have.
1: You know, how I know it's not a good idea. She pre-qualified and <laughs> it's being a good
0: idea. <laughs>
2: my brother thinks it's a good idea. We were just sitting there one day shooting hack, and I said, "My computer's about to die. I have no outlets. I'm sitting with sun beating down on me. I was sweating. Why is there not a solar panel right here on my laptop?" You pointed
1: to like maybe the smallest possible spot <laughs> the solar could be.
2: It could be anywhere, but if it's here, your arms are blocking it. You know what I mean? Why are why do we not have like some sort of at least backup
0: power. You can't even solar see the power screen on your when devices. You're in your device.
1: <laughs> Jessica Budd, I have to say, generally in this segment, I'm very disappointed. <laughs> you have really <laughs> outdone yourself. Thank I you. have a solar watch. My watch is not powered, it is not human powered. It Brilliant. is sun powered. I don't have batteries. I am all about solar. The whole back should be a
2: panel. The whole thing you could you could put it anywhere. The point is there isn't one at all.
1: Elon Musk, who we heard from earlier today. Has solar roof shingles? Like, why can't we just put That's it on the back? Too
0: right. Just why are you actually, like Elon Musk like invented that? Did he
1: roof solar? Yeah. yeah he, everyone's
0: actually, got it on their roof. No, he but, made the, the tiles.
1: Cool. Actually, yeah.
0: whatever. Wow. Well, he's also really rich, and you'd probably have to be really rich to buy one of these computers.
1: Pays for itself. Counterpoint.
0: Okay. I don't. You can't see your computer in the sun. It's unfair to people in Alaska or people without anyway. a bunch of sunlight. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that is true. <laughs> Okay, well, call me. (laughs) Okay, well, call us if you need any more ideas, and we'll see you next week.
1: How'd that go running it?